Hello there, and welcome to the Comic Book Tesseract, the only comics netcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I'm Justin Chalupka, alongside Jason Polia. Join us as we review and preview the world of comics, along with other facets of geek sheet culture. I am trying as hard as I can not to start singing Thrift Shop. Yeah, I, it gets it, stuck in your head. That's it's it's catchy. It's got a hilarious little video with it. It's, it's got a good hook. Yeah. It, yeah. Ugh. Get out of my head, Macklemore. All right, we need to be doing some uh, serious math problems in our head right now. That that should help. Or we can just talk about comics. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into that. So, that would seem more conductive for what we're doing at the time. Hey, at this moment. Um, I, I suppose they don't want to hear us doing math problems in our head. How would they hear telekinesis? 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 Yeah, yeah. I've always heard kinesis, not kinesis. Telepathy? Well, kinetics. Okay, we're going down rabbit holes here. <laughs> um, there are a few more things that you wanted to ask me about than I was going to ask you about. Okay. Uh, do you want to start with one of those, or do you want to? Sure. Alrighty. Take your pick. Let's start with Skull Kickers. Skull Kickers is freaking hilarious. Okay, so we read. Uncanny Skull Kickers, which number had one. an adjective. Yeah. That was a number one. This is number 20, so what the f- fuck is going on? With- What's happened is the Skull Kicker, the Skull Kicker line has basically created a bunch of alt covers, if you want to think of them that way, that are retitlings as well. So, uh, issue number 19 is one that, that you and I both read, which is the Uncanny Skull Kickers. Uh, this one, number 20, was the Savage Skull Kickers. Number 21, I think, is going to be something like the Avenging Skull Kickers. Or okay, but they're putting them out like, as number ones with an adjective at the beginning. Yeah, what's that's, going okay. that's exactly what's happening. Um, uh, now, did this pick up on the storylines from the yes. Uncanny? Yeah, it's a continued storyline. Even on, on the cover of this one, uh, because it's 20, it says it's the Eight Eyes in Eight Islands or something like that. Okay. Number two. Eighty okay. Eyes on an Evil Island. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, part two. So it's a continuation of the storyline that we were reading before. Okay. And uh, the dwarf is back. The dwarf is back. The dwarf Wonderful. Is back. Okay. And it, as it, long as it's got the dwarf in it, I, I, I think I could, I'm going to have to borrow that and read that. It's The book itself is just so funny because there there's the little things in there like... Uh, there, there's the subtleties like we talked about in the last issue. Like he had cast the shadow on his face so he had the yeah. shadow of the gun. Well, but, there's things that are less subtle too where... You would normally have those, the big less onomatopoeias. Less subtle, you didn't notice that. Yeah, well. Okay. Well, these are less subtle in the fact that they're blatant. Okay. Where you'd normally have the big onomatopoeias in the background of a fight, you know, the clangs and the bangs and the stuff. Right. So these Instead, are more, more subtle. Yeah, this these, one has these, things like, Perry, nice dodge. Let's just assume this is an excellent action sequence. You know, those are the things that are projected in big text in the background of the fights. It's just... It, it's the step right after the biff-bam-pow from the 1960s Batman. But it's doing it with this fourth wall-breaking, tongue-in-cheek... Right. It's the step beyond yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, and uh, for those that haven't heard, they're going to be doing a digital comic based on the Adam West TV show. Oh, so I if heard that. So if you are, are a fan of that TV show... Or if you're looking for something different, but still with Batman, check out the digital comic that DC's going to be putting out. Oh, okay. 1960s Batman. So. I was never a big Adam West Batman fan. No? You didn't like all the puns that Robin came up with? When I was a kid, maybe, but they, it's... In modern days, I just... I can't get behind it anymore. It, I understand a lot of people still love the camp of it, and just yeah. find it absolutely hilarious. I just... I, I can't get into it anymore. Hey, hey, we grow, we change, things happen, so... Yeah, and we kick skulls, and we do kick skulls. Well, I kick skulls because I think it's hilarious. Yeah, 
All right. So, moving on. Um, let me ask you about East of West, because I had seen a lot of ads for these, and I had thought about picking it up. Because yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember now what the premise was. I know it's, like, Wild West, but there's... There's not an Asian influence, if I remember correctly. Like it, it, I originally thought this was, you know, oh, the Eastern meets the Western thing, but that's actually not no, what this is about, right? Not at all. That's what I thought. Cause I but, remember reading that from the ads, but now I can't remember what the ads actually said. This book actually screwed with my head because it's completely different from what I expected, which was a straight up Western, mm-hmm. and it's not. In fact, while it does have parts that take place in the Wild West. And it appears that a lot of the history is being formed and told through events taking place in the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has an element that takes place in modern times. Okay. And the, the most intriguing part is the introduction of three characters at the beginning who immediately announce they're missing their fourth. And okay. as you go through, you realize who these four, char- who these four characters are. Mm-hmm. And you're not sure why that last one is missing. You see him throughout the book. Doing his own thing. Okay. Uh, now, partially because there is some time jump, you're not quite sure where they are, where those, the three child characters that have emerged are compared to the fourth character. Okay. Uh, and I am tempted to just blurt out who they are, but it, because it's the three searching for the fourth, it is a brand new take on this normal pantheon of four that you're used to hearing about. Uh, oh, oh, okay. So it, yeah. it's, it's a really interesting twist on that. And they, they do reveal by the end of this book, but it's one of the things that they fought really hard, despite the fact that you probably pick up on it three quarters of the way through, to, to yeah. wait to, for the reveal at the end. Now that you mentioned and now I remember exactly what it is. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. yeah. I'm, I think we're going to have to come back to this because it's a hard book to get a grasp of. In just a single, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. In a single issue, it's very hard to get a grasp of how this is going to really develop and be told as a story. Mm -hmm. It, yeah, part of it was very confusing. Part of it was, here's just a straight up couple of pages of explanation Mm -hmm. of giving you a lot of backstory so that we can give you the more relevant backstory in real time. And then, well, part, let me ask something else on this quick, because like I said, I, I keyed in what you were saying. Is this actually Wild West or is this post-apocalyptic? It's Wild West and modern times so far. Okay, okay. Now there is a interest, or possibly not modern times, but slight future, because there, there's certainly future, a building. Uh, okay. There's, there's, there's at least one scene where, where it looks like a futuristic building. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe 2020 okay. st- style, and, and immediately goes to what I. A, kind of thought was then modern but may have been 2020 just with a similar aesthetic based yeah, yeah, yeah. on the office that they were in okay. to make it recognizable. Hmm. So, uh, there, but there's definitely an, an element of it that does take place in, in the Wild West. Uh, I can't say if you're a Wild West fan, pick up the book though. I, I, hmm. I don't think there's enough Wild West straight up in there. But okay. particularly if you're a fan of the supernatural, um, there, there's a s- strong threads of that running through. It's not post-apocalyptic. Well, the reason but I, there I are asked elements from the little uh, blurb on the cover here. Yeah, well, what's which, the blurb say? Uh, I wasn't going to read it, but uh, this is the world. It's not the one we were supposed to have, but it's one we've made. We did this. We did it with open eyes and willing hands. We broke it, and there's no putting it back together, yeah. which sounds very post-apocalyptic. Yeah. 
It, well, it's it's more powers. of an alternate reality because they, they okay. show the United States and it's divided up into five, six, king, five different fiefdoms. So hmm. there's the United States of Texas, which is Texas, <laughs> New Mexico, and you know a couple other states. Um, there's, that exists now. There's the Union. There's the Confederacy. There's the Midwest. There's and the potatoes. Uh, yes, the potatoes and hipsters. Yes. And Wyoming, which really doesn't exist. It's just an Indian name for doesn't exist. Wyoming. Yeah. I always but, thought Wyoming was like a clone they, they, of Colorado. They actually screwed up when they drew the maps, and they didn't want to have to redraw all the states, uh, all 49 of them. So, uh, what, so they basically just took that area that they misaligned and called it Wyoming, meaning doesn't exist. Huh. Have you ever met somebody from Wyoming? No. Because Wyoming doesn't exist. You've never been to Wyoming. You've never met somebody who's been to Wyoming. You've never met somebody from Wyoming. It doesn't exist. Have we met anybody who's been through Wyoming? No, it doesn't exist. You pass right through from one state to the other. Wyoming doesn't exist. It's like a twilight zone. What's the capital of Wyoming? It doesn't matter. It doesn't exist. Okay, we need to get off this rabbit hole. I was just hoping I could have somebody out there shouting at the computer. (laughs) The capital is this. The capital is this. I live there, you assholes. You do not live there. You not really. If you think you live there, I suggest going and seeing a psychiatrist, as you're probably belonging in the loony bin. Okay. All right, what else we got here? Um, let's do a quick jump over to uh, Superior Spider-Man. We've talked about this one a few times in the past. Yes. This book has just turned into a boulder rolling downhill. I think this is a phenomenal title. What's interesting is I was at the shop Wednesday getting my books, mm-hmm. and there were a number of people that really were hating at it. I, they, really? They didn't like what they were doing. They, they were like, if what, I wanted to see... What were the criticisms? Um, one of the comments was, if I wanted to see Spider-Man as... I don't want to see Spider-Man as the Punisher. Uh, I know one of... I don't want to see Spider-Man as Punisher. Uh, somebody had... Interesting. Somebody had brought up the time that... Well, actually, it wasn't a comic shop. It was one of the comic site websites... Mm-hmm. Had brought up the time when Craven had done the Black Spider-Man costume. I saw that on Reddit. Yeah, and that it was basically maybe there was Reddit been done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do remember seeing that one. There was speaking of there was another great thing out on the. Yeah, uh, but most of them it, it came down to they don't like the Doc Ock attitude as Spider-Man. Well, the, okay, so you don't like the Doc Ock character, which that discrepancy is kind of the freaking point of the book. Yeah, it, it's one of the ways that they're actually being able to deconstruct a superhero. And, you know, what it means to be a hero versus a vigilante versus a villain. Mm -hmm. Where do the lines come? Yeah. You know, because you've got Spider-Man who's actually got support from J. Jonah Jameson. Well, not to mention that he is, in fact, more efficient. He's able to stop more crimes because of all the different little bots and shit he put out. He's had lots of good ideas, but now it comes around to the application of... All of those resources. Well, it, it, what's really is they've flipped the script because J. Jonah Jameson, notorious villain to Spider-Man for posting articles and trying to sway public opinion against him, mm-hmm. is now his number one fan. Right. And the Avengers... Well, they kind of did who, that with, like, Flash Thompson back in the day. Well, but the Avengers, they've had the... Oh, yeah, now coming after him. Yeah, are now... have But this book, yeah. And actually, it's interesting that Wolverine actually stands up for Peter at first mm-hmm. and is the one that at the end goes, okay. Bring him in. Yeah. Actually, I think that's the exact line. Yeah. So, uh, really we'll am enjoying memory. what, yeah, really am enjoying what they're doing with this book. I think it's been phenomenal. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, so. Next, let's jump over to... Uh, what do you think? Next. Well, um, let me go ahead and ask you about New Avengers, which okay. I kind of wanted to... Um, have, I, don't, I don't think I've really mentioned that one very much. Yeah, and, and that, that, cool. yeah, which that. is kind of why I'm wondering what's going on with it. Who, you know, who are they using as the Avengers cast? The Avengers, it's, New Avengers really should have been called Illuminati, because that's basically what it is. It's the Illuminati group, or with the majority of them, at least. Okay, so, so it's Xavier, Pym, It's, uh, let's see, looking at the cover here. Uh, Black Bolt, Beast, Iron Man, Black Panther, Reed Richards, Doctor Strange, and Namor. Alright, so. We got, definitely got some big names, heavy hitters. And, and a very eclectic group at that, right. as far as, like, where their and, strengths are. And are they actually moving? Because the last and time we talked about this was the, Cap was the first issue. Cap at one point issue. was a member of the group, but something happened where the group decided Is this part of the whole, story of the story arc? It, it, yeah, it's part of okay. this arc, actually. It's uh, one of the things in the third book. I think this is either yeah. the fourth or the fifth. This is the yeah. fourth. Yeah, because um, we haven't talked about this since it first came out. And... Yeah, it, it was either the second or the third book, where... There's this world-threatening thing that's happening, as with all Avenger titles. But this one's almost kind of like multiverse-spanning. Right. Um, and what they basically came down to was, if we're have, if we put in this situation, we're going to have two choices. We can either save the planet, or we got to build something to destroy it. And Cap basically said, no, we can't entertain that as an option. We cannot build a weapon... To destroy a planet, it's like that's any time I've seen somebody try well, we to make that decision. The, we've petitioned the government and they denied it. Well, yeah. they said we can't. can't we can't, can't afford, afford to build a Death Star. Well, Besides that, it also has a, pla- a, a plan, a flaw in the plans that, that made it easy to destroy. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, you gotta have exhaust ports, otherwise, you know, it just stinks in there. Um, but anyways, his main thing is I've seen this happen in the past. Anytime people have. Try to create a bigger, badder weapon. Well, no, never so much that. That anytime they've made a the ends justify the means decision, it never does. And he says, look, I can't get behind this. And they mind wipe him. Like, you've never been a member of the Illuminati. Zap, get out. Which, having that happen to Cap is sort of like, what? Because they all know him. They all respect him. They all appreciate what he brings. But it's basically, look. We're a group that works in the shadows. As soon as you disagree with us, you're out. And we're still in the shadows, and you will never know anything about anything we've ever done. Which is interesting, because I suspect we may see Cap come back from that. I'm not reading the book. But then again, DC did something very similar with their identity crisis, where they might have wiped Batman. Right, right. And it's kind of coming along. The thing is, they did it, and they glossed over it and moved on. So it's almost like that's business as usual in this group. So it's, I would say, almost more kind of high concept in how this group deals with things. Um, this feels more like what I think Guardians of the Galaxy should feel like, where okay. you're dealing with things that are just on a truly greater scope. Okay, well, I was going to ask you about Guardians of the Galaxy as well, so which what's going on in that? Guardians of the Galaxy, since this is the number one, it's a quick little intro, uh, really focuses more on Star-Lord than anybody else, with uh, a little tie-in with Iron Man, just because I think most people recognize him and can identify with him as a character. Okay, yeah, so he, he's the person that kind of brings the common guy into yeah. to 
these new characters of Guardians. Yeah. And what it's kind of feeling like uh, as an initial knee-jerk is this feels kind of like Green Lantern. It's a Marvel Green Lantern book. All right. Um, not real heavy, not real uh, deep, just space battles and fun. Okay, but it doesn't need to be heavy or deep. Not no. everything needs to be. So. No, but like I said, the new Avengers is what it does have, that, that gravitas to it, that I had thought Guardians would have, especially if they're trying to spin up this title to be their next big movie. Well, well new Avengers is... You know, a Hickman book and mm-hmm. East of West is also a Hickman book. And I yeah. can, they both have that heavy feeling of, you know, you're going to have to get deep into this world and there's going to be, there, there's big shit going down. Yeah. Uh, whereas Guardians, it actually makes sense, you know, that they're doing this because it makes it so that they can put out some trades, have those trades on the shelf for oh, when the movie comes out. Sense. When the movie comes out, they can then have the stores start going, here's trades of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And have somebody easily pick them up and slide into the universe. Yeah, no, definitely. And because that way, that you know, by that point they may have launched even a second Guardians of the Book or relaunch it because mm-hmm. it's still a couple of years out before that movie. Oh yeah, come yeah. hits. But I was because mm-hmm, this is written yes. by Bendis. That makes a lot more sense. Right? Yeah, but yeah, but not. I'm not gonna say Bendis is king of fluff, but I'm sure he has a few feathers stuck in his head. Yeah, but he, he does have some underrunning currents as well. It's not just. Well, he's done, he's done big books. I mean, he's done yeah. big events and stuff. Yeah, but, but like, yeah, we, I saw you had Ultimate Spider-Man, and there's mm-hmm. undercurrents in there. It's not just him going out and fighting crime. There's the right. undercurrents of his life and how it affects his family and all that stuff as well. So, But those subplots are buried deep beneath the, the Monster of the Week, I feel, kind of stuff. Which is it's kind of a beef I've had with Marvel books for a long time, too. Um, months and months and months ago, uh, way back... When, uh, we had Kevin Spooner on. And I, I made a couple cracks at his expense, unfortunately, of, you know, oh, speaking of, you know, brainless or something like that, which I feel bad I think people got a little insulted by that, but I always felt that the Marvel books just were never really deep. Like they didn't have a lot of good substance to them. Which is why I feel like Scott Lobdell writing Superman has been very much felt like a Marvel book to me in that it's, here's a story. There's not much else to it. It's just, Event, event, event. A, a lot of candy coding and, and no nougat center. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on from that, uh, let me ask you quick about right. Fever Ridge. Okay. Actually, th- these last three books are all going to be number one. So, oh, okay. Uh, it should rock out that way. Uh, Fever Sweet. Ridge is, uh, the, the subtitle is Tale of MacArthur's Jungle War. Which, MacArthur, this is, they're actually talking about the general of the Pacific? This is actually a, I don't want to say a biography, but it's a fictionalized account of the soldiers in World War II. Alt history? I, I, that, I haven't figured out yet if it's actually based on actual soldiers and their experiences, or if these are characters put into the actual history. Hmm, Whether it's alt history or, or just a, you know, fictionalized history or, an actual... Right, right. Whether uh, they actually existed or whether they're fake. Now, the, there's actually two here. stories in in issue number one. I've got issue number two, which came out this past week. Is the entire I haven't thing had a chance in, to read it yet. Is it all an anthology? Uh, book, it's, it's, I wouldn't even call it an anthology. It's more along the lines, if you've seen the movie Platoon, mm-hmm. the first half is basic training. 
The second half is when oh, they actually oh, are in yeah. combat. Gotcha, gotcha. But there's a distinct division between those, and there's actually a, a change in the feel. Platoon did that too. I know Full Metal Jacket did. I don't know if yeah, Platoon did no, that. No, sorry, as well. I was thinking Full Metal Jacket. Oh, okay. I, I was listening to a podcast earlier that mentioned Platoon. That's oh. why. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Full Metal Jacket, where the first half of the movie right, in training is in the training camp, field. and as soon as they go to war, there's a shift in the feel of the movie. And yeah, yeah, good point. That's what happens in this book. Now, from, shift in the art as well. Uh, it looked there, like there was. Yeah, there is a pretty distinctive change in the art. It's, it's a much brighter, uh, white or, or light colored borders around mm-hmm. around panels. You know, pretty open. And then the second half of the book, uh, very much of it becomes very boxed in. Uh, it looks a lot darker shadows too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a darker field. Yeah, you're seeing shadows covering the eye. You don't really see many of the eyes of the characters. They're mm-hmm. all covered in shadows from their helmets. Um, yeah, they do have some really cool, you know, effects in here with the knight. Um, and it's only by the mention of a name or two that you see pop up at the beginning that you're really able to pull in. Because, you know, let's face it, they're soldiers. They're all dressed alike. Yeah. So, until you... Get more into it. Ooh, that big old wall of text. Yeah. And I've still got a couple. Actually, unfortunately, I didn't have the time to actually finish. I still got a couple of pages. Oh, okay. And oh, then, is this when you were reading when it came in? Oh no, you were yeah. reading a trade. No, when I was it reading this. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, and I've still got you know the oh, little yeah, afterward yeah, yeah. by the author, which may actually reveal what yeah you know, how much of this is true versus how much is bullshit. A a fictionalized <laughs> telling of the events. Yeah, because yeah. the, the events did happen. It's just you know. A, a fictional, whether it's a fictionalized t- telling with fictional characters in those situations, or whether or not the characters are based on actual real living people, a la Band of Brothers. See, anytime somebody's specific. told me a story that was a fictionalized account, I called it bullshit. No, especially if it was told at a bar. Oh, anything told at a bar is bullshit. Oh, yeah, that's true. Even if they tell you it's the truth, they don't know that. Yeah, still bullshit. They're drunk. It's <laughs> okay. So, what time you got there? That that was. Uh, the other number one that I read this mm-hmm. week, uh, you read Star Wars Legacy this week, which is number one. Yeah, I grabbed it, uh, because honestly, the Star Wars books have that nice little logo on it. It's supposed to tell you, like, when in time this particular book is occurring. And I picked up this one, I looked at it, and I said, I have no idea what the fuck that means. I'll get it anyways. Well, um, you just had to turn onto the inside cover, and it tells you exactly yeah, what it much. is. Pretty uh, much. Which, yeah, uh, I don't think I ever did, though. <laughs> I think I did it. It's like 20 years after the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, um, the whole thing is really, an, it, it, it's an utter complete intro, obviously, being a number one, but a sort of intro without reference. I mean, knowing the fact that it's 20 years after the Battle of Yavin only kind of gives you a, a, an inkling of where you are, and, and yeah. or at least what's going on. Okay, so there are 20 years after the, the, the original trilogy is about the time period right, of this. Right, right, right. Oh yeah, 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 we should. And, and for people who haven't or don't know Star Wars terminology, the, most of the time frame after the the original trilogy of movies, that's what they use as their the Battle of Yavin reckoning. is the is the battle in the original Star Wars movie, the Battle at Endor. Yeah, and well, no, Yavin is the Star Wars Battle of Endor is the third movie. It's the yeah, third I thought, of the I thought Battle of, well because Endor Yavin is, is Yavin is is Star Wars: A New Hope. Right. Endor is Return of the Jedi, which the, takes place a couple of years later. Forest Moon of Endor, I thought, was a moon of Yavin. No. No. What was Endor a moon of then? <laughs> eh, Endor. I'll Endor, look it up later. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, basically, you go through this book following a character who 
gets a hold of tech that she shouldn't have and is trying to do criminalistic things with it. And by the end, you find out it's, uh, I don't remember her name, but it's one of Han Solo's kids. Jaina. Not Jaina. No? No. I want to say, I want to say like Aiden or something. Well, it can't be Jason or... No, it's not one of the twins. Anakin. Jason and Jaina are the twins. Anakin is the... Yeah, this brothers. is this is Unless a totally they, different name. Okay, then there must have been a fourth child that I didn't know of. Uh, but I Anya. haven't. I've, Anya. Okay. Anya. Yeah, I, I haven't read most of the, uh, particularly the, most of the books that involved the so, the solo children were uh, the right. young adult, and I was reading the mm-hmm. novels when I was reading the expanded universe. Right, right, right. So, um, I don't know if I'll keep up with this one. It was yep. really kind of lame, to yep. be the honest. The second moon of Endor, also referred to as the forest moon. Or sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So, it was the moon of Endor. Oh, okay, so Endor is the Endor planet. Endor is the planet. Oh, okay. The and forest moon was... Was the, the second the, moon. It was the second moon. Okay. So, there you go. So, that means Ewoks are not from Endor, technically. They're from the second moon. That's right. You can bring that up the next time it's mentioned at a cocktail party and make yourself look like a total dork. Anyways. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, kind of lame. Skip it. Move, yeah. move on to a better book. Like Time Warp. Ah, how's that for a segue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, number one, but a one shot. Yeah, I know, which, which, yeah. How do you? No, anyways, well, what, which, ha- and, a one shot. That, this or... isn't. I wouldn't even say it's a one shot. It's a nine shot because there's nine separate no, no, no. stories. By one, by one shot, that meaning there's not going to be an issue number two. Okay, yeah. Right. But then just call it a one shot. Don't call it number one and then a one shot number. Saying it's a number one implies there's going to be a number two. Yeah, you never know. I was hope actually when they, when Usually I heard when that I have doing, a number one, it's followed by a number two. When I heard they were doing Time Warp, I was hoping it was going to be a series. At, Time Warp is a true anthology. Yes, book. It's got what was it? Would you say nine stories yeah, in it? Nine different stories. Yeah. Uh, from yeah, the the two featured are, writers are yeah. Lindelof and Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. Damon Lindelof, most famous for Lost, mm-hmm. and Gail Simone uh, recently was fired from Batgirl. To be replaced by Gail Simone on Batgirl. Yeah, go figure. Uh, but was there uh, somebody that wrote like one or two issues? They, they, in between there there or were there were two issues written by another writer in between Gail Simone's How run and Gail Simone's to be run. That writer. Well, he was given that as as a relief job. It, he was oh, purposely okay. thrown in there. He was assigned before they fired Gail. Oh. Um, so, so it was, so was she muscled out just so he could have a breather? Oh, actually, he was probably put in there so she could have a breather, and mm-hmm. then they decided that they weren't going to give her a breather; they were going to give her a retirement. Yeah. <laughs> then they decided that that was a bad idea, and <laughs> yeah, when the entire fan base almost burnt down their fucking office. Yep, I didn't realize this book was eight bucks. Yeah, I probably should have paid more attention to that when I picked it up. I didn't realize that either. I mean, when I, I picked it up and I went, "Wow, this is a thick fucking book." I mean, that should have been a clue, but well, I, I, I'd been waiting for this book. I'd been, been oh, wanting really? it. Yeah, I, I'd seen it. And said, you know what? This sounds like the, a sci-fi book that's right up my alley. Yeah, I didn't know squat it, about it until I looked down. And I saw Lindelof and Simone. Whoop! Bully was going to pick this one up. I should probably grab it too. <laughs> I, yeah, I was actually trying to reserve a copy for some reason. It wasn't in the diamond system at our comic shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so luckily, they still had one on the shelf when I got there. Yeah. Always go to your comic shop early. Yes. Yeah. That way, they don't have to run out. Yeah. Well, uh, to kind of talk for you uh, through maybe a couple of the stories. Yeah. Um. There was one I found very entertaining where it's basically two vastly intelligent scientists that essentially have a prick-waving contest between the two of them. Yeah, very funny. Oh, yeah. hilarious. Great and, story. And, yeah. Um, The Rip Hunter one, the first story, Which Rip Hunter is actually 
uh, an, an actual DC character, isn't he? I, I, the name had sounded familiar, and I, I think it is. I think he was one that was you know way back when, because I thought I remember there being yeah yeah a whole it's thing a DC, with he's a DC Comics and... character that first appeared in Showcase Twenty. So oh, there you go. All right, yeah. Um, Sounds right. Yeah, so Ooh. they do have him. Yeah, he is a time traveling character. There were a few other stories that... Eight issues, Time just, Master. Yeah. yeah, there are a few other issues I just flat out didn't understand. Yeah, at least not were, at first. And then as I got a little bit further in, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of get it. Yeah, there were a couple that were confusing at first. They were, uh, they all had a central theme, though, and basically yeah. time warping. Uh, some figure. sort of a, a time changing. Uh, I, I did really enjoy Simone's story. Uh, Lindelof was the first story. Which one was Simone's? Uh, Simone's was the candy shop. Okay, see, I I kind of like that one, but that was one of the ones that I just I didn't you, 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 fully get it. I mean, I, I I understood kind of the concept, but the actual transition of what happened. The, well, yeah, the the actual it, twist it, of chronology is what I I couldn't well, pin down. One of the okay, yeah, it it was a little bit hard to pull out, but one of the things that I love about this book. And what was expecting and it paid off mm-hmm. is it's a very Twilight Zone. Oh yeah. Oh completely. And so yeah, if you are a fan of the Twilight Zone and want to read comic books. Or Outer Limits. Yeah. Or Outer Limits. We're, we're equal opportunity here. <laughs> uh, this is the comic book. Find, find this one shot, pick <laughs> it up. It, it is a little pricey, but it is, yeah. But I, I would say it's about, worth it. Yeah. It's about three For, times the size of a comic, a yeah. regular comic anyway, so. For the half that I read, at least, it's been worth it so yeah. far. And as with any anthology, some stories are going to be better than others. Mm-hmm. Are going to, but the beautiful thing is, some of them will strike with you. Others are going to strike with me. Some are going to strike with right. Justin. We don't have to like the same ones to get a lot of this book. I kind of felt like they came out of the sh- they came out of the shoot firing strong, and I almost wish Rip Hunter may have been the last story. Yeah, but it, well, I haven't gotten to the end yet, so there might be a good uh, yeah. come around to it. On the other hand, it also kind of sets up a perfect feel for the book. And it's kind of like uh, Daytona, the Daytona 500, oh, where yeah, yeah. You, arguably it's the biggest race of the year and you kind of want to end on that note. But when you start everything off with that, it's a huge bang. Yeah. And it sets the tone for what the rest of the NASCAR season is <laughs> going to be like for all the drivers. That's kind of what the Lindelof story did with starring Rip Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't think too hard on it. There's some just logical fallacies. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's... But if you just want a straight candy story... I don't know. Are there fallacies in it? I don't think there are. Yeah. The, the, Is there a big it, loophole? Yeah, there, there's there's one big loophole. and it. But if you're willing to take it as a... We'll have to talk about Bill that later, because I thought it... Bill and Ted-style time, time story, yeah, that's how it I works really it. well. Um, yeah, where's the problem? Uh, we'll talk about it later. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about where, where the logical fallacy comes into it okay. later. Um, we can discuss that. Off, outside of the show, yeah. email us, send us a text message. If you're, if, curious, if you're curious, we'll let you know. I'll be happy to answer that. Oh, so, yeah, or just, overall, maybe he won't answer it. Maybe I'll have to call shenanigans on him. We'll see. But, uh-huh. yeah, I read the book. I would gladly have go back and buy this book again because it's definitely worth, worth Or just hand it out to other people. Yeah. Even, even if it's just... Hey, here's one of the stories in here. I think if you've like. got somebody that's a sci-fi fan that doesn't read comic books but you think should, they'll find something in here. This like. is the book to give it to give to them. Oh yeah, the different yeah. styles of art, the mm-hmm. different storytelling, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one thing I did want to mention I thought was kind of interesting was the one uh, where 
it looks like there's this spaceman type thing speaking a foreign language, but by the end of the story, you look closely enough, you get it. Yeah. You go back and you understand what's being said. Right. And, and why it's being project or put out that way. And that's part of me is going because of that story and one that comes later. And sorry that you're going to hear this, but you're going to hear it. It kind of makes me go, if this had been a actual series, one of those stories wouldn't have been in this issue, it would have been in the next issue. Just mm. to have that separation of, oh. of two, of being in two different issues and mm. not that close together and being in the same issue. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But since they're only doing, and they, they commission the stories, put them right. together in one book, um, when you get that type of a twist, you know, in one story you don't want that, uh, that same twist. You want, another you one. don't want something that close to it in the yeah, next yeah. one. I can understand that. Um, well, that's it for uh, comics for this week. There's a whole bunch of video game news coming out because we had the GDC, the Game Developers Conference. We had uh, PAX East. There was also, I think, an indie... Uh, oh, what's the... GDC, there's also an, an independent game awards. Uh, yeah, I, the acronym escapes me at the moment. But essentially, there's been a whole bunch of announcements this week, plus a couple of really good releases. Uh, first off to mention is the Ouya. This was a piece of hardware that had actually been started on Kickstarter. Right. That is a console that is... It's actually an Android. Yeah, it's like intentionally hackable. Yeah, it's it's an Android device. It's a, it's $100. Mm-hmm. They're, start, they're going to be shipping... They just announced they're going to be shipping the first batch to the Kickstarter supporters yep, yep. in the next week or, week or two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but... And it is actually, it's a video game system. It's, it's a con- that specifically. Yeah, it's a console. Right. Um, it comes with with uh, key, with a control pad. It plugs into your TV. Mm-hmm. You know, with preloaded games, there are a whole bunch of titles currently on it that are mostly indie games, but a right. couple nice, good sized titles as well. Yeah. Not. I, I don't think anything AAA. It, it, they, but... They've had the game. They've had the console out in the hands of developers and developer kits out to developers that mm-hmm. want it to help. Push people to building on it. The other thing is, and I'm interested to hear your take on this, hmm. it actually has built into it a Nintendo, a Sega ROMs. Emulators. So, em, emulators, not emulators, ROMs. Right. Emulators. They don't, it doesn't come with any ROMs, but it Correct, comes with the emulators. Because if it came with ROMs, then it would be illegal. Right. That's so, the thing, is emulators themselves are not illegal. And technically, ROMs themselves are not illegal. It's only when you bundle them together that you have an illegal product. Really? Because I thought the ROMs were illegal because they're the actual copyrighted material of the game. No, you can have the ROMs, and th- this is kind of the fine line. If you're doing research, you can have ROM images. There's nothing because if you have a ROM image, but not an emulator, you can still have the content, but you can't really do anything with it. So there really is no violation because it's like having a a, a picture of a book. You know, if you're not able to actually flip through it and read it, it doesn't do you much good. Okay. So, it's the same type of concept, but once you put the two things together, then it's verboten. Then, then so, there's the copyright. But right. It comes with the emulator so that if you have ROMs or you download ROMs, you have the capability right. of playing it. At as your long own as you risk. have the original cartridge, of course, that is tucked away in some yeah, storage if, unit somewhere. If you have the original Nintendo cartridge, you can play the it, game. It is completely legal. Now, here's now, do you think Nintendo, Sega and the other companies, you know, EA whoever would start licensing their ROMs for games that came out on the Nintendo on the Genesis? Hell no. 
Because they make a shitload of money reselling those old games. Point in case, there uh, one of the announcements that came out is a remastered version of the Nintendo DuckTales game was just announced. Which was a great game. I love it's fantastic, a fantastic game. Capcom announced it at the GDC, I believe. Right. They will put that back out and they'll sell that fucker for $30 a pop. Yeah, but why wouldn't they also sell a downloadable ROM for 10 bucks or 5 bucks of the actual of original, the original game? If you if you can play the original game for for 5 bucks and download it is that not gravy? Is that going to really keep somebody from play, from buying that remastered version? As a gamer, I would say yeah, that's exactly what they should do. But knowing that they're a business they don't care what I think. They're going to do whatever's going to make them the most money. Well, that's that's the thing. Will it make them more money that they can sell you an entire mm. back catalog? Because really, how many games well, are going a lot to of be that, re- a lot of remastered like that DuckTales game? Well, even not most the remastered stuff. The original Nintendo games, if you have a Wii, you can go and buy those games off the Wii store, the original versions of the games, for your Wii. They're already making money on it in their own space. Nin- they don't need to put it out anywhere else. That's ni- that's Nintendo, but what about Sega? Different Sega, company. is owned by Atari. Nintendo. All their stuff is going out through the Wii, uh, through Wii the catalog Wii as well. Atari, Atari, I don't know. I, I don't know who owns those properties right now. Um, but I do know... Uh, what was the other one? There's another one you had mentioned. Uh, EA. EA is kind of iffy. EA has their origin thing, and that's the whole Well, actually... We might as well talk about this, something that we didn't talk about. Mm. EA has a new CEO. Well, is looking for a new yeah, CEO. Yeah, there's their CEO. They, after the uh, problems with SimCity, uh, they fired their CEO. Did they fire? I thought he stepped down. That's a nice way of saying, get the fuck out or well, we're yeah. fire you. He took a severance package. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. it was a lucrative one. Yeah, talk about a golden parachute. Yeah, no kidding. But... So, do we, do you think this is a sign that EA is going to be restricting, rethinking their digital strategy of requiring the always-on DRM? No. 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 I, I would love to be hopeful of that, but no, I don't think so. The entire purpose of the, the always-on DRM is just that. It's a DRM. It's to keep their shit from getting copied. Right. They will but, not pull that out. It, but is there a requirement for the always-on? Could, could they not simply build it, build a system that let you log in and play, but before you save, it has to connect to the server and verify, or reverse that. Let you have to verify that you're logged, that you're it, that you're um, that you have an account. Once it verifies the account, it lets you play for X amount of hours, twenty four hours, before it needs to re-verify again. So you could verify it, take your game on a flight, mm-hmm. get off the flight, you know, and you've played, you know, you you're, unless you're flying right. no, across no, 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 the, the world. I don't can, think you, they you will. You can re-verify your game 24 hours later. No, I, I, I still don't think they will ever do that. The the constant online DRM has, at least for them, uh, Ubisoft did it for a while and a few other companies, that is really the most solid DRM that they've been able to come up with. Any other version they've tried to do has been easily... Uh, Diverted. All of these have been easily diverted. Every one of these within a week has had a hack out that allows you to play it without having to connect to the server. The exception possibly being SimCity where the most recent thing that I heard, and I haven't been following this, so that may have been an update, was you could log in, play it online, and the only thing you had to do was sign back, was connect it to the network so you could save your game. Now, I don't know if DRM has been, has been, uh, 
bypassed. There, yeah. there is no true good solid DRM. Right. But the always on is the best they've found so far. Until somebody comes up with a better way to protect their stuff, this is the one they're going to keep going with because it's the one that's had the best results so far. Right. The, the fact that those results are shit notwithstanding. Yeah. So. Which again, it brings me back to the, the thought of if you can register with an account, that's where your game, and maybe even that's where your game is saved. So you mm-hmm. have to pull your game, your saved game, and that's where you would eventually have to sy- sync back to. Mm-hmm. So you have a grace period where you don't have to be connected, such as when you're on an airplane flying from yeah. New York to Australia. And then when you get to Australia, you can resynchronize. Mm-hmm. So that well, if you don't what synchronize, you then, all your progress is wiped out. Yeah, but essentially what you have then, it's not DRM. What you have instead is a game with a few locked features. But if you can't play the game... Yeah, but if You can still play the game. You can play the game and not save. If it doesn't There's let plenty you, of Nintendo games we had back in the day that yeah. you basically just had to leave it on and play... Yeah, Ninja Rygar, Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Rygar was one that was notorious yeah. for that. No saves, no continues. Yeah, Ninja There's, Gaiden was the one that I would, yeah, always I mean, had... That's not DRM. The product can but, still be copied and used by other people without any real repercussion. So, But if you have to do that initial registration for that 24-hour period before uh, it will let you play the game? Possibly. That, it, we, yes, we, you can hack that first registration, but then you'd also have to find a way of hacking the second to save. Yeah, we could banter around and, ideas and different ways to do this forever. Instead, let's talk about Bioshock. I'm, <laughs> I'm with that. Um... Bioshock Infinite uh, dropped this week, okay. uh, this past Tuesday. I have not seen it yet. The reviews so far have been largely positive. Um, I do know there was an excellent review by Adam Sessler, who used to be on X-Play and yeah. now has a show over at uh, Rev3. Yeah, he's part of Rev3 Games. And uh, all his, review has, his review has been highly touted as being an excellent review of the game. Okay. Um, he said... I heard him on Techzilla giving mm-hmm. a, ba- a basic review because of how popular this game is. They brought him right. up to Techzilla. And he said if he had to be nitpicky, the one thing that he didn't like was that you had to be almost right on top of very close to an item in order to press the button to pick it up. He right. felt that right. that, which is also a problem in many other games, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. was the biggest problem he had with Bioshock. And that totally is a nitpick kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing I've heard, and I don't remember if he particularly mentioned it in his, but I know uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun mentioned it in theirs, was the overall ending of this, which I'm, I can't spoil because I don't actually know what it is. I can only speak right. in general terms. Might be very disappointing to some people. It's, there was recently a game, uh, probably last summer, hmm. that had an ending that the people were writing and going, this can't be the ending of the game. Mass Effect, most likely. Mass uh, Effect 3, actually. Mass Effect 3. Yeah, yeah. which, that was, uh, was that EA? No, that was, uh, Bioware. Okay. Do, do you think, did it sound like this is going to be a reoccurrence of those events, or? I, I don't think so. Cause I, what, what this is more the case of is, um, this has a very, very epic story. Not so much in the, the depth of, the narrative itself, but the immersion that the player will get into the world. And so because they're going to be so immersed in this world, the ending might be a little too you know, God in the machine. Personal? Uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, it, a, too, little, a little too much of a cop-out. Too di- okay. So, it, but it's not that it necessarily is. This type of game 
kind of needs that sort of ending because of all of the different sci-fi fantasy elements going on. That so to not have that, it, you can't really get away from it. But at the same time, it, it'll turn. It, it's just going to turn some people off because they're not going to like that style. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm gonna. Mass Effect was Bioware. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, well, Mass Effect was Mass was Mass Effect, Effect three. 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 Okay. Yeah. I just just verified that. So. Okay. Um, um, okay. Another thing that was announced. Uh, is that DC Comics is going to have an infinite crisis, I believe, is what yes. they're calling it. This is going to be one of their MOBA games. Uh, MOBA being something I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, it, I know it as uh, a Dota, a Defense of the Ancients game, similar to League of Legends and other uh, real-time strategy games yeah. like that. Massively online battle arena, I believe. is. What yes, is. That's, that sounds correct. Um, I know it's battle arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason it's called that is because this is one that's used for uh, the large real-time strategy PvP uh, actual arena games, the stuff that are the professional competitions. They use these style of games to do them. Uh, You're going to be able to play Flash from Earth 1 versus Flash from Earth 18 or something like right. that. Different various versions of DC characters fighting each other. Yeah, they're doing a multiverse thing, and it's in the the Dota style where you have lanes of combat, you have your champions... Lots of little minions running around. Real-time strategies a la StarCraft or Warcraft. Okay. Um, and the last one that was announced, and this one Oh, just, by the way, that, oh, sorry, the, that DC game, free yeah. to play. Oh, excellent. I'd forgotten that. Yes. Um, the last one I'm going to mention is The Wolf Among Us. This is the latest by Telltale Games, which is the same studio that did uh, recently did the Sam and Max series. They also did a Back to the Future run of games. Their big thing has been episodic content. The Wolf Among Us is uh, their new game that is based on the Fables franchise. It's, uh, I believe, a point-and-click adventure where you'll be playing as Bigby. Sweet. I figured you'd get a kick out of this one. Yeah. Um, not too much has been announced on it so far. Like I said, the news just came out today. So this is something that I think is worth looking into, especially since Fables is an excellent uh, property for them to, to work from. And Telltale Games has actually been getting very good feedback they're really the only developer that has so far had a successful episode that have had su- successful episodic games. Um, although actually I should amend that the, the walking dead has been episodic and has done very well. And I don't think that's telltale. Okay. So, uh, and mm-hmm. is this the style of gameplay? Is this, uh, a first person shooter? No, I believe, I believe it's point and click adventure. I think is what they said it would be. Okay. Which has is has been a similar style to the other things that Telltale has done. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that's there was a, like I said a whole bunch of, of game news that came out this past yeah. week. I can't even begin to remember or to bring up all of it. Yeah, um, there's the, these were the big things though. So okay, so yeah, plenty of stuff out there. Okay. Um, a couple of things uh, I was gonna mention real quick because we're running sh- somewhat short on time here. Yeah, we got plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, for those that care, I actually put out a, a blog post this week. I had an article from Nerd, uh, Nerd Fitness that got me thinking about, uh, well, the article itself was basically, what is your character class? Uh, as you go through life, what type of character are you? And it was using it in the reference of, of fitness. Like, are you an ogre? Are you an elf? Are you, you know, whatever else? A motherfucking sorcerer. There you go. 
But the idea is, okay, this is what you are. What do you want to be? And they actually gave different character classes and the different types of exercises and, uh, a motherfucking sorcerer. I don't think motherfucking sorcerer was one of the classes, though. Surprisingly enough. Uh, Although I figured, I mean, it should be, but anyways. I'll play that from the card. It's from the, uh, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Motherfucking so, sorcerer. I, I, so I get to play it, play as one anyway. So. There you go. Um, but it talks about, okay, you want to be a warrior, which is, you know, you're the guy on the front lines. You're the meat shield, the tank. So you want to go and do lots of strength lifting. You want to do lots of you're heavy MMA. workouts. Uh, no, MMA actually they put as monk. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Have yeah. you met those people? Well, <laughs> no, they're talking about like Asian style, kick ass, fast, strong monks. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is monk? Yeah. <laughs> no, really, yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is now an Asian monk. Got it. Hey. Yeah. As long as well. But like I said, there, it's going by physical characteristics too, and, and the physicality of the different type of workouts you want to do. Um, like if you wanted to be a ranger, they were talking about doing, uh, essentially adapting your workout to be a, a large plethora of lots of different things. So you're very adaptable. Cross training. Essentially, yeah. Um, and yoga was for, uh, druid. Belson? No, druid, I think, was what they did for that. It, it was a very interesting article and worth checking out. So from that, I decided, okay, I'm going to do this blog post incorporating those ideas, but then also something else Game as far strategy. as. Well, most RPGs, the characters themselves have a quest log. And so I decided I'm going to write my life quest log. Here are my quests and all my sub-quests that go along with it, and including side quests too, of things that I want to get done in my life. But more importantly, instead of just saying, you know, here's my life to-do list or bucket list of these are things I hope I can do before I die. Instead, it was the intent is to make it much more targeted of not only this is what I would like to do, but here's how I'm going to do it. Here's the next step that I need to take to get that thing done. Which, uh, around New Year's, a lot of different people kind of put this thing out of, instead of making resolutions, set goals. Yeah. Because with, if you... A goal is tangible, it has a, a specific value, mm-hmm. whereas a resolution is, I want to do something. Right. And it's as vague as I just said it as. Yeah, and, and goals are measurable. Yeah. A goal is, I want to lose 25 pounds. Right. A resolution is, I'd like to lose weight. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You don't know how much weight you want to lose. You don't know what the endpoint is going to be. It's a lot harder to reach the to reach said endpoint because you can. Oh, I lost two pounds. I guess I've lost weight. Yeah. Well, Whereas but then what does lose, that mean in the grander scheme? If I want to lose twenty five pounds, you're two pounds now closer to that goal. I need to lose twenty three pounds now. Right. Okay, I've lost twenty pounds. I need five more to go. Exactly. So. Did this blog post, put that out there. There's also a snippet at the end about uh, some programming stuff that I was doing that was on my mind. I'm actually going to start trying to kind of crank out more blog posts just as I have brain droppings, just to sort of put them out there. And it could be anything from fitness to programming to comics to games or anything else. So, uh, And actually, speaking of the uh, uh, programming stuff that I'm doing, I have gotten back into my Summer Movie Games website. Uh which I may have mentioned before, I probably didn't though, uh, the idea being a fantasy football for summer movies. Uh, if you've ever seen the Totally Rad Show's Summer Movie Wager or the yeah. NSFW slash Frame Rate Summer Movie Draft, the website is basically based around It's fantasy those. football for movies. Exactly. You pick 
you have a certain amount of money, you have to bid to purchase the movies that you want against the other people mm-hmm. in your league, and then whoever's movies collectively make the highest gross wins, wins the league. Yeah, which that's a summer movie draft, the summer movie wager is a slightly different game in right. format and how it works, but... Both the same ideas. You get a group of people together, you play a game, and somebody's a winner, and you give them a, a cheap plastic. So how's trophy. the coding going on that? Well, I got I've gotten back into it, and I ended up refactoring a lot of stuff because the framework I was working in, I was learning it as I was going, and now that I've worked with it more on other projects professionally, I've been able to come back to it and kind of see all the mis- all the logical mistakes I made as far as structure. So now I've been able to go back in and, and get it all fixed. Remember, learn at your professional job so that you can go and do a better job at things that you're trying to have fun with. Absolutely. What do you think a job is for? A job is to go and get the money and the information that you need to do the shit that you actually want to do. <laughs> ben so, Franklin said that. All right. So we got... Wise dude. So is it going to be up and fully functional for this summer's movies? <laughs> Fuck no. No way. You son of a bitch. Sorry. Well, I'm just being honest. Because there's still lots of other things I do want to do with it. And I've, I've come across a couple pitfalls already of just technical uh, anomalies in it. Uh, I may even end up spending some time over at Stack Overflow asking people about different ways to do things. So, uh, For those who are nerdy enough to care, I'm trying to create an action queue for, or excuse me, an action stack to set up automated actions on subsequent page requests creating an automated workflow within the application. That's been my biggest falling point right now because I can't get the database entities to follow along with the workflow and the redirect function's not working correctly. Databases are fun. Databases suck ass. Databases are fun. Well, depending upon what type of database you're using. Because, uh, I'm, I'm staying, I'm using... is databases are fun. Every database except for Access, because Access is not really a database. Database is a data entry front end. There's no real database to Access. It's success. <laughs> Sucks ass. You know what? <laughs> I think it's time to uh, stop the show. Yeah, I, I think we've gone over the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. I, I have one other thing I want to ask you about. What's that? I, this was something you talked about being a big event. On last week, hmm. and you finally got a chance to try it this past weekend. How did you enjoy the Hoonapoo? Oh, that's right. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my pops came into town, and I actually had some other relatives here as well. They didn't try it because they don't drink beer, sissies. Um, the Hoonap- I only drink whiskey. And you're a sissy too. The Hoonapoo. I only drink 40 proof or higher. Sissy. That's um, what you think. Anyways, the Hunapu was excellent. It was everything that it had been uh, uh, hyped up to be. Uh, I, I believe my father's first words upon sipping it was, wow, that's malty. Um, and <laughs> and he characterized it as uh, Guinness's cousin on steroids, which is not an, an unlikely description. By the time we were about halfway through the bottle... Um, we realized that one had started to warm up, so a lot more of the flavors and the uh, the aromas were, were beginning to manifest. And it changed from just being a strong stout to this very kind of dark, chocolatey, um, 
very sweet, uh, like a dessert beer, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, Hold off on that Merlot wine. I'm just going to have a Hunapu. No, really. I mean, you could. This would be a good beer. German chocolate cake? I mean, the fact that it's it's from CCB. I mean, this is the type of beer you can imagine. Yeah, this is what you can imagine sitting around with a big fat cigar, a snifter of Hunapu. Snifter? Yeah. Yeah. Snifter of Hunapu. That's an interesting glass for a beer, but... But an accurate one. Either that or you'd use like a tulip glass because it is very aromatic and you want to get Right. All, all the stuff on the nose as you're sip, because you are going to sip on this. This isn't a grab the bottle and chug it kind of thing. <laughs> Too heavy for that. It, oh, it pours like tar. <laughs> it does. I mean, it pours like absolute frickin' street tar with a thick head that is probably, it's it, darker than your footballs as far as how dark the head is. I mean, that's an official college football football as yeah. in used in game football. For those of you that 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 can't see what I'm pointing at, just imagine a, the brown of a football. You'll get the idea. But no, I mean it's as it's excellent. being pulled out from underneath the kicking foot of Charlie Brown by Lucy Van Pelt. Uh, okay, yeah, we, time to stop the show. Let's <laughs> let's cut let's cut this here. We've thank we've you very much. Gone too far. All right. Well, <laughs> episodes are going to be, are released on the first and sixteenth of the month if we get our shit together. Good uh, luck. But, uh, yeah, first and sixteenth is our goal. As always, uh, you can reach us at about.me slash comic book tesseract. That's got, uh, our website, Facebook, G- Google plus, Twitter, email. Yeah, if well, you want to send us a text there. mail or a voicemail, all of that available at about.me slash comic book tesseract. Go ahead, head there, check us out. Yeah. Let us know what you think about the show. Leave some p- comments for us on your favorite podcast selector, iTunes or whatever device you use. Dog catcher, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, give let us, us know reviews. what you're using in place of Google Reader these days. Yes. Uh, yeah. If some it's of us positive, let other people know. If it's negative, let us know because we can't change it if we don't know about it. So until next time, we'll see you later when we step inside the Tesseract. <laughs>